Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the VR1 NFT Podcast, and I'm your host, amazing day for today, and just like that, momentum can shift and momentum can change. Um, give me one quick second. As I place all of my things in order, I'm going to begin by logging on to the matrix. And um, I have a beautiful day planned for today. And I'm happy to share that with you guys. I greatly appreciate you guys passing by. Um... See what's going on very quickly in Google News. Again, my executive producer is on vacation. And um, I've been having to do everything on my own. So, just going to take a quick glimpse into the news. But we're going to have an open discussion. Let's go with technology. See what's going on. Mm, this one looks pretty cool. Let's start with an article. I'm only going to do one for today. Oh, no. This is a freaking... It's a video. Never mind. But, um... We have a fun-filled show for you guys today. I am actually... Um... In my, what am I call it? I'm actually getting prepared for the day. Um, I want to, of course, share with you guys um, everything that I have going on. Get this music going for you guys just a little bit. You know, I haven't done the intro with the music for a while. But, um, just want to thank you guys for tuning in. So, here we go. Place this down. Make myself comfortable. Ladies and gentlemen, please grab your coffee, your chai latte teas, your teas and milk, your eggs benedict, your English muffins, your bagels, your banana loaf bread, whatever gets you going in the morning. You know, maybe it's a protein shake. Maybe it's just a natural uh, fruit blend. Maybe you have all produce, all greens. Uh, Maybe you just have some pineapple, some orange juice. Maybe you have a mango tea. Who knows? But um, whatever gets you going. For today, I'm actually having a large iced caramel coffee, courtesy of... McDonald's. Mm. Yesterday I had some Starbucks. It was really, really, really good. But, um, you know, just kind of want to thank you guys for stopping in. Um, yesterday was probably the most difficult podcast that I've done in my six-year career as a, a podcaster. Um... It was so emotionally uh, infused. But let me tell you, after the podcast, I did a quick review. And um, I had a few business meetings. One of the business meetings was so far from the city. And it took me so long to get there. When I got there, the lady, in a very nice way, let me know she didn't want me renting that building. I got to the place, and she's like, oh, there's a building down the street if you need some space. I'm not opposed to you opening a barbershop here, but go check them out first. So I, you know, kindly got back in my vehicle and said, thank you. Have a nice day. Um, What I will miss about that property is that it was a beachfront property, and I think I could have done really well. But 
you win some, you lose some. And my business is basically, I create my own opportunities. You know, this is door-to-door sales. So, um, what one of my companies does is it scales businesses, expands businesses. It creates the foundation for franchises. And I always tell people this, like, when people pray, God sends me, right? And then if you close your hands, your eyes, and your ears to the blessing, you're not going to receive it. Because wherever there's a prayer, that's where I am. And you'll be surprised how many things happen outside of our control that will lead you to a different business or a different space uh, creatively. And sometimes in certain things, the stars just align. So for me, you know, I was having a very, very tough day, you know, to begin with. I was carrying all this emotional baggage and I had to ventilate it. Sometimes just the fact that you actually express it, it makes the complete difference because had I not gone to that business meeting and had the disappointment after the podcast review, after obviously I did the podcast and, you know, transported my family where they needed to be for the day, priority them first, right? If I didn't leave that place and taken that route and gotten lost and, you know, wandered up, uh, you know, driving through these country back roads for just hours and hours and hours, I would have never passed by another place where I had to close a deal that has taken me probably a few weeks and now this week for sure, an additional week. So I can say that we closed everything and you know we're doing the final paperwork on that property uh later today actually in a few hours so it's the perfect opportunity to do the podcast review the podcast and then you know pretty much go from there so i wanted to share that with you guys again you guys are going along with me in this journey to this worldwide tour and what you're witnessing is all of the background things so I'm going to be honest with you, and special shout out to to all of my loved ones and my peers and my closest friends, and you guys are all my business partners. Um, there were some family members I had to block. There were some numbers I had to delete off my Rolodex, and that's okay. I feel so much better, and um, right now I'm just taking a moment for myself. So that will be the title of today's podcast. This is really about me taking a moment of reflection, so... I'm always light on my feet, less is more, so I'm always stick and move. Once I close a deal, I'm already forward thinking to the following deal, and I'm already working on how I'm going to close that deal. So most people would think, well, you just close a deal on a new piece of real estate, and I just lost a deal, if you think about it. I lost a deal yesterday, but then I closed the deal. And then I'm already focused on the next two or three deals. So you would think, you know, I would stop, slow down, and celebrate. But uh, no, that's not how I operate. That's not how I work. So I've already reached out to my business partners. And while they are reflecting on closing, you know, this uh, opportunity, I already, you know, send out the... The voicemails like, listen, expect some emails because we're pursuing this and this and this property, obviously for my franchise. And um, this way, everybody is kind of kept on their on their P's and Q's and everybody's kept on their toes. And this is how we have to tap dance in order to be successful in today's business world. So. As far as music, I have not been able to record, but I already had a plan. I said, listen, not only am I going to do the podcast, I'm going to record an album before I even even go to this financial institution to close that deal so I can close another deal. And obviously, you know, we're getting venture capital funding. So um, this is really the breakdown. It's about me not only conveying this to you guys, but showing you the day-to-day. And it's not easy because I'm used to, even before the podcast, like I'm used to doing this with my business partners, 
I loved meeting with my business partners every day. We would discuss things and work on things. And um, I have, you know, different business partners. So some just do real estate. Some do other things. So one of my business partners, older relative, who only does real estate, you know, every day when I would go off into to start in my day, if I went later the day, like if that same day after our meeting, if I went back to the office, he would be closing a real estate deal. But this is in his own business. So it kind of puts it into perspective. Like it gives you an example. Like I learned to support my business partners outside of our business ventures where I faced challenges where some of my business partners just wouldn't support my other business partners. And I made a decision. I made a choice. I said, you know what? If I ever have a business partner, not only am I going to support any other business venture that they have, I'm going to support their business partners as well. Because that's the dynamic that secures our relationship as far as business partners. So if I have a business partner and we have a nice cream parlor and they venture off into a restaurant, I'm going to support the restaurant. But let's say their business partners are into retail. I'm going to support them too. Because what that establishes is the dynamic of me supporting the retail front for clothing, the brick and mortar for the restaurant, as well as our ice cream parlor, just to give you an example. And that's a standard. That's something that I don't have to do. That's something that I choose to do because I feel that it's the right thing. Give me one quick second. Let me adjust this microphone a little bit. So, you know, all things being fair and all things being equal, and let's put everything into perspective, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if someone is your business partner and somebody is trying to be, let's say, as supportive as possible, um, that shouldn't be a challenge. That shouldn't be an issue. That shouldn't be something that's difficult. Um, I remember a moment before I started this particular company, um, I had, you know, subsided some business ventures and and I was alone for some time and I had about two years where all my business partners were ladies and I learned so much from that dynamic it was very amazing it taught me a lot about life and business um to this day I prefer to have female business partners especially when it's like a high priority investment um yes they're they're just next level and they can they can follow direction very easily like they can adapt you know if we need to make a change before i made a suggestion they already had 12 options for me so i was more like gambit in the x-men i was more selected like okay you know the queen of hearts for this business meeting and and you know the ace of spades for this one so I want to share that with you guys because yesterday something very special happened. Remember, just by me expressing those things, I was facing this invisible wall, right? And I discussed about how when I thought about it, I was literally pummeling like a bulletproof glass, like an invisible wall that was just so hard to break. When I think about certain key concepts I think in these beautiful concepts as far as art right and digital art at that as you all know I'm an NFT artist um if you watch the movie Thor from the Marvel series and you see where you get to this bridge to go to Asgard right and you see how the the actual bridge or the gateway when it's opened it looks like um, like quartz. I would say it looks like quartz where it's kind of like gold tone, like brown sugar tone. But then on the outer edges, you have like this beautiful rainbow, different colors, you know, pinks and yellows and aquas and blues and reds and greens and stuff like that. So it creates like this kind of like a rainbow effect, but it's not really a rainbow. It looks more like a quartz like a 
like an energon cube metal slash diamond type thing and and this is what people walk on um to to get to asgard and stuff like that well business is kind of like that you know what you identify as one element may have multiple facets to that element and that's kind of how i view things you know it's about building those different foundations where it shouldn't be that difficult like i i believe more so than than before that nothing in life should be forced you should still aspire for great things and you should still work hard to get those things but um as far as forcing it we have to allow an empty space to fill itself so i'll give you guys a wild card example yesterday i had a discussion with my mom um my mom is also one of my business partners in a separate venture for real estate. I had a meeting with one of our business partners and some of our legal staff for that company. And I was very firm, but I was very fair. I was very clear and direct and concise with what I was doing. My mom completely disagreed. I didn't hear about it for weeks. Yesterday, she told me all kinds of things under the sun. Long story short, I didn't react naturally how I would, which is to try to explain the situation, interject with my injection of my perspective or my point of view or my prerogative. I didn't try to change anybody's mind in the meeting. I didn't agree or disagree. I just allowed everyone to ventilate. And everyone was surprised at my reaction. You see... It's like another wild card example. One time I'm driving with with a relative. This relative, when they party, they they get the what we call the I don't give a fuck in them. So they drive a little crazy. I'm a certified fucking Formula One prototype driver, right? So obviously I'm invested in technology, automotive technology. I've sold and driven everything on the road. I have systems. You know, I basically designed the car of the future. So if if you want to find a way to damage something that I love as much as the automobile and driving and cars, and you want to get under my skin, you're going to drive crazy because I developed and designed um, the Radar Plex system, which is a safety system, an autonomous system for cars. You might know it as in, in a different name, but I own the technology. So, of course, this is driving me bananas, right? Now, the more I say drive like a regular person because you inspired this fucking investment, it's people that drive like you that need my system, right? So I can save you from yourself or my system can save you from yourself because I pretty much cloned myself in the system. And that perspective is based on my experience, my understanding of the automobile and high-performance sports when it comes to cars, right? Well, the more I tried to say drive like a human being, we have a family and children, the more they drove crazy. So I said, okay, I'll I'll do you one better. I'm going to give you a dose of your own medicine. You're going to drive crazy, so am I. You don't give a fuck, you ready to die, so am I. What happened? The complete opposite. That moment where there was no tug of war because it takes two to dance. It takes two people to agree, disagree, or to fight. So now I'm driving crazy. And I'm driving above, you know, my brother's craziness. So he's like, oh, oh slow down. Like, ah, now. Now you see. So same thing in this uh, discussion that I'm having with my mother. I didn't agree or disagree. I understood. I don't have to agree. My job is to understand. Everyone respect, uh, or they can respect. Everybody expected for me to respectfully rebuttal and say this and say that. I said, no. That's how you feel. That's okay. Your opinion is important and it does matter. I will acknowledge it. I will process it within the next 72 hours. But you are not going to get a reaction from me 
at this moment when I have so much already going on and so much on my plate and I got more things coming in this buffet. So by me doing that, I gave everybody the opportunity to ventilate, to state their opinion, to state their you know unique voting right or perspective where they can interject with their own elements, right? My aim is to create an environment based on Ray Dalio's principles to allow everyone to contribute by voicing their opinion and for that opinion to be a priority. And we want to also create a culture in this environment where only the best ideas win. The best ideas may not be what I want them to be, what you want them to be, what he or she may want them to be, but as a collective, we can make a decision to say, well, this idea is better than this one for these reasons. Now, by me doing that, guess what? There's no tug of war. There's no two people dancing. There's no two people agreeing or disagreeing. There is no fight. I have no horses in this race. That's how you feel. Okay, I disagree, but that is private. That belongs to me. I don't have to say I disagree. I think it's very clear that I don't agree with a lot of the things. But I will allow time some time. I will allow, as of now, an empty space to fill itself. So in everyone expressing their, their discomfort, their anger, their frustration, it made them realize how over the top and extreme they were each being. So they themselves started self-regulating. Like when somebody closes a faucet, wait a minute, I am probably overreacting over this. I'm so upset. It's been affecting my day-to-day challenges and how I'm executing solutions, applying them to those challenges. I need to slow down. Maybe it's not that serious. Well, maybe I could consider what this other person said or proposed or brings to the table, or brung to the table. So they did my job for me. Because now, as I move on to bigger and better things, to new challenges, they have the moment to reflect and say, wow, so, okay, you guys want to create a control, you got it. But now, you have the golden key. The golden key follows the golden rule. He who has the gold rules. Right. In this case, oil will be black gold. It's still gold of some kind. Okay. So, what happens when you give everyone equal responsibility and rights, right? And you give them the opportunity to make their own decisions. Well, if anything goes wrong, guess whose fault it is? Now, it puts the pressure and the full core pressure back into your hands because when you're the entrepreneur and when you're the CEO such as I am anything good that happens is my fault and anything bad that happens is my fault so you're telling me after I invested millions of dollars and went through all the headaches that come with it right you're going to take on my headache you go right ahead you see how tough it is to drive a Formula One car competitively, you know, because every company and every investment, in a sense, has those qualities and has those elements. Therefore, it has those uh, features and it has those challenges. So the question becomes, you're telling me you're willing to do that absolutely for free in your normal 35 to or, or, or let's say 36 to 40 hour work week, you go right ahead. But remember the golden rule. Now you are the captain of the ship. If the ship does not arrive on the island, you have only yourself to blame because I'm giving you all of the free range that you are requiring. So by me doing that, I'm not clipping anyone's wings, nor am I feeding that perspective where a group of people may feel that they're being, you know, placed under limitations. So just like when somebody's ventilating 
and they're so over the top because they want everybody to agree with them. So they intensify and magnify all these feelings, which is only a projection of the ego, which is non-existent, is not reality. They themselves start shutting the valve and saying, wait a minute, maybe I'm overreacting. So now that they have all the reins to run in the entire field, they're like, maybe I don't want to go this far out. Maybe there can be a compromise. I don't want full control. I don't want full understanding. But I am interested in X, Y, and Z. I don't need the whole alphabet. You understand me? Or, or okay, all I need is J, K, L, 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 M, N, O, P. For example, there's some people that say, well, I just want to do A, B, C, D. Some people say, well, what about E, F, G? You understand me? So um, that's just to kind of place everything into perspective. But what it did for me was it just liberated me. And once again, it highlighted all of the higher standards that I hold myself towards. Okay? But it also made them realize indirectly, subconsciously, the headache that I carry every single day. So not only am I doing the podcast, no, that's not good enough. I need to do an album today. Then I have business meetings all day long. And the sabbatical started yesterday at midnight. And technically, I'm not supposed to be doing business, but I am finalizing deals that I've already closed to, to a high degree. And I'm already working on the next challenges. Everybody's had their moment to express themselves, to make their requests and their demands, and, and they're promising these big, huge, beautiful things. Okay, let's see how tough you are. Oh, you, you don't like all this responsibility. Oh, you don't want this headache? Well, that's what it means to be an entrepreneur. That means I'm going to take on this headache. I'm going to take on this challenge. I'm going to take on these challenges. Um, this is how I plan to execute. And whether I success, I'm sorry, whether I attain success or failure, I'm going to own it 100%. Win, fail, lose, draw, but still in battle. And this has been an amazing moment of clarity to express these things, to make things available where they need to be available, which is to everyone. Because the more or the closer that I get to the tour, the less time I'm going to have to delegate all of these things. In other words, when I'm telling my business partners, the people that work with me, is this is it, Michael Jackson. What does that mean? From this point forward, you guys have an uphill battle because I have to conquer other lands to build other empires and other fortresses to sustain the battles that are shortly to come. So I don't have time to deal with the pettiness. So the less I'm involved, the more freedom I actually have for the business. And by default, the business is more successful. If a business requires for you to be there 24-7, you're not an entrepreneur, you're an employee. And you're not successful, you're barely getting by. You're at step one. Step one is getting the business to be successful. Step two is getting the business to run autonomously in your absence because there's no way for you to be attached to a business 365 days every single year. If there's only 365 days in a year, I don't want to be involved with the business um, decisions for more than 15 days out of the year because I value that time with my family and, you know, to worship the higher power and my children. You see, your kids are not growing down. Your kids are growing up. You're not getting younger. You're getting older. There's going to be less time. And the older you get, the more you value time. Therefore, your emphasis is, is that much stronger on maximizing and capitalizing on that additional time that you have. So... The same way that I'm running all of the errands that I need to run, that I'm continuously going to run for my businesses, I'm also preparing everything on the artistic side and on the sales side because we're here to, to, to do business, right? And the more I do that, the less I'm going to be in the office. I can't hold anybody's hands. 
the more responsibility I am going to delegate to more people. So if you can't walk, talk, and chew gum at the same time, you're going to have a really hard problem because I don't want to hire people to be behind an office desk. I want to hire people to be up and about out in the world connecting with our clients whom are the entire reason why we went into business. Right now, I'm slowly making the transition into movies and film. Once again, I've done this already, but business has changed so much that the dynamic is different. So I'm dealing with a, with a whole new group of creative people that have a different tune. Their songs are different. And I'm using music as an example of their expression about life. A jazz player understands that jazz is the music of the musician. Yes, they play music. We all do, but they play music completely different. So if I'm in the industry of, you know, publishing books, it's a little bit different from publishing a video game or filming a movie and putting it out from a series that streams and condensing it into a film. I realize, and I will continue to say this, I cannot be all things to all people at all times under all circumstances. And neither should you. If you're going to sit here and complain that you want more responsibility, don't be afraid of the mountain of responsibility that I'm going to bring you because as hard as I may have tried to shelter you from dealing with the mountain of challenges, right? Maybe your inclination was to be a serial entrepreneur as well. So I'm not going to hinder that growth. I'm going to support it. But I'm going to support it with steroids. I'm going to really put you out there in the jungle, in the battlefield, in the deepest, darkest ocean. Can you really survive? Can you really swim? From the bottom all the way to the top of the surface. At every pressure level and at every layer, you are going to face challenges. And these are challenges that you need to welcome and embrace because they are going to force your growth. And guess what? Not only are they going to force your growth as far as our business, but they're going to force your growth when you have to apply it to your own business. I don't want to build a company where all we do is talk about our company culture and we never discuss your own private business ventures. I don't want to create an environment where you feel that our resources are not available to you. The more that the world is based on connectivity, the more we are beginning to apply it to our day-to-day -day lives. And that's what true success is to me, is being able to contribute all that you have and also attain the contribution of all of the people closest to you and around you. Because if you really are doing what you love naturally, you know, like they say, you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. I don't want people to work with me or work for me because they're expecting a paycheck and they're expecting this and expecting that and think that that, that was the whole goal. Like, I'm going to make 100000 a year so I can get a paycheck that's $2,000 a week. That's not what I'm looking for. That's not what it's about. And the best way that I could teach that is to show you that. Is to say, you know what? This is the franchise. This is the franchise book and guide. You follow this franchise. But if you see any room for improvement, if you want to add your own colors and twists to this district, to this uh, collective, let's say in your franchise you have you know, 250 stores, go right ahead. If you want to paint the building pink instead of green and you can build the marketing strategy and you can increase sales, go right ahead. Like, I don't know if people were expecting me to say, no, we can't paint our candy store, which is red and pink. We can't paint it green and aqua blue. Oh, yeah, we can. You have a business plan around it? All right, let's show and prove. Let's see if your paint color increases sales if it does thumbs up and guess what there's going to be a bonus 
The more you increase in those sales, I'm going to cut you in 15% of the profit. Now they have an incentive. Now they're emotionally invested. But I don't have to give them a check for 15% of the profits. Every time that profits are tabulated, I'll give them 15% of preferred stock. So not only am I rewarding you, I'm giving you more ownership, 15% every month. How much is that worth at the end of the year? Again, putting everything into perspective. So now everybody has the Google eyes like, oh, my God, Eureka. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Now run what you brung. You told me you have this beautiful V12 Ferrari front engine rear wheel drive. And you're telling me it's as good as my 250 GTO. All right, perfect. Let's see how fast you can really drive on the track. Can you put all that power to the ground? Go right ahead. Oh, but I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I can commit. Well, you said you have a V12 Ferrari Coupe. What are you waiting for, an invitation? Let's put it on the racetrack. Oh, no, but the beautiful Ferrari that I built in my mind is it's not to race. It, it could get dirty on a track. Oh, really? So you're not ready for success? Oh, but the tires might rub off on the rear fenders and they might burn on the exhaust tip. Well, you're not ready for success. If I'm going to establish a racing team, if I'm going to engineer and design the ultimate super sports car, it's because I'm willing to test it against everything that may be offered by all the competitors in the industry. I'm ready to run it as hard as I can and as fast as I can at every interval. And that's what business is. You're actually embracing and welcoming the challenge. You're, you're saying, McDonald's, I can cook a better cheeseburger faster than you. Okay, i like to see you try. And in fact, I want to support that because you may have cracked the code. You may have developed the new formula to develop a better experience, a better product or service by building a better, more premium luxury brand. I want to be a part of that. I'll tell you what, I'll give you 15% of the profit and I'll invest 85% of your next business venture. All you need to do is have a business plan. What you got? Well, I haven't written it down. I'm not really sure. Okay, you're not ready. In other words, you don't want to be Michael Jordan. You want to be Phil Jackson? i like to see you try to do a better job than Phil Jackson. It's very simple. Don't complain and request or, let's say, elaborate the answer, the end-all, be-all to all things is for you to be, you know, let's say, for example, um, uh, you know, instead of Michael Jordan, you are Phil Collins, right? Don't be surprised when I say, okay, go right ahead. It's as simple as that. Go, You go right ahead. You know, Patrick Bet David interviewed Ray Dalio. And Patrick Bet David asked a question in the vein of, uh, you know, what? but what if somebody, you know, takes this and builds the next Blackwater and Associates? And he said, you go right ahead. You try. You go through this fucking headache I've been through the last 20, 30 years. And let's see how tough you are, tough guy. You think it's easy to try to compete with McDonald's when they have 57.5% of the fast food industry at the palm of their hand? You think you could really make a better burger? Okay. All right, tough guy. Go out there showing proof. We are in the world where at least the attempt, at least the trial, at least the, the, the trying to make your dream happen, at least that portion is much simplified or much simpler. At least you have that opportunity. You have the ability to do that. I'll give you, um, so, so in other words, there's no excuse for anybody not to at least try, right? I'll give you another example, another wild card example. I have a friend overseas. He owns this huge media company. And he's always dropping jewels that if you're not ready to accept them, you're not going to pick them up. But of course, I'm in tune with the universe, so I pick everything up. He said, the difference between our program and everybody else's 
is that even if we have three people on our live stream, we're going to give them a multi-million dollar show because we really love what we do and we really want to be here. You see, some people, if they don't see 50, 60,000 people on the live stream, they don't put the emphasis. They don't put the, the quality that can lead to growth. And that is one of the illest breakdowns and one of the illest multi-million dollar secrets that could be revealed to you. It doesn't matter if your franchise only has three stores. Let's put it into perspective for my franchisees. You run that company, that product, that brand, that service, that investment. You manage that portfolio as if you have 300 stores. And you may only generate five, six million dollars a year, but you run that company like you're producing 60 trillion dollars. If that's not the standard, you don't need to be in business. I don't give a fuck if one of my franchises sells hamburgers. They're going to be the most exclusive, high-end hamburgers you can imagine. My motto is, I only build successful businesses. So again, this puts so much into perspective because it's simplified. You know, to be the best, you have to be the best. Not beat the best. Just be the best in all that you do. You know, when you're thinking about building a brick and mortar, let's say a proof of concept location, you shop around for the best deal. You look for the best possible market to penetrate, the best piece of real estate that you can successfully afford. You know, you don't want to just have a waiting area. You want to have the best, most comfortable, luxurious, high-end, top-of-the-line waiting area. You don't want to just hire people to help you build that dream. You want to hire the best people when it comes to customer service, customer interaction, to create the highest customer experience. Anybody could go to any Starbucks and get a cup of coffee. Why are some Starbucks more successful than others? Same company, same products, different results. That's what it's about. So I want you to kind of like, Reflect on that. Where is there room for improvement? What could I do better? Do I need to send, you know, graphic highlighted uh, papers for my thank yous to my clients? I know it costs money to print them with graphics and it costs money to print them in color, but that simple thank you can get me a million dollars worth of sales in a lifetime. I'll give you another wild card because this just came into my mind. Do you guys remember the brand Saturn, which was General Motors, but it was a division of their Pontiac brand, right? Most of the cars in the very beginning, at least, had a lot of plastic panels. So if anything went wrong in the car, you could pretty much change it yourself. And it was affordable to do so because obviously they weren't made out of metal. Well, before companies like Hyundai and Kia started introducing 10-year and 100,000-mile warranties, bumper-to-bumper, which became their selling point when they were making the transition from the 80s and early 90s, known as economy boxes of cars that were very unreliable at times. Well, they started saying, listen, we've improved our welding We've listened to your input, and now we have these beautiful cars. We'll guarantee you these cars for 10 years or 100,000 miles, bumper to bumper. People didn't realize how subtle it was that they're telling you to drive less than twelve to 15,000 miles a year. But for 10 years, you have no worries because they're not going anywhere. They're there to build and service Every single one of their vehicles. They're guaranteeing you that their welds are that good. Well, Saturn, before the warranty um, wars, right? Where still Kia, Hyundai have the best. Most manufacturers have 36,000 miles or three years to five years on average. Five to six years. Well, Saturn 
on the anniversary that you purchased your car, they will send you a gift card or they will send you a postcard. And it's a nicely professionally put together gift card that says thank you. It reminds you of the day you bought your car. And all of those clients' um, birthdays were also stored in the system. So two times a year, you would hear back from this salesperson. What do you think happened in that two, four, six-year process of either financing or leasing the car? You made an emotional connection. You made a psychological investment into the brand. So you told everybody about how two or three, four years later, these people are still telling you thank you with a postcard. They're still calling to check up on you in the car. For the people that work for Kia and Hyundai, you're hearing from these people because obviously they copied the same um, mantra, right? The same slogan or the same approach. You're hearing from these people 10 years later. What do you think is going to happen 10 years from now when you need to replace that car? Or when you reach 95,000 miles before you, your warranty expires? Or every single time you get that vehicle serviced, they're reminding you of how appreciative they are for your business. You're going to send every person you love and care for, every business partner, every peer, every extended member of your family, you're going to speak about them in high regards. It's not even about the car anymore. The car could be good. The car could be bad. The car could be beautiful to you, hideous to the next person. But that interconnectivity is what keeps you coming back. That emotional real estate can never be sold. It is permanent. What people build on top of those franchises is priceless. So... This is true for the people that only buy Louis Vuitton things or Gucci or Prada. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. When you're building a premium brand, a product or service, your entire goal should be to establish that emotional real estate. You see, it doesn't matter if you don't own the entire company. Once you walk into my company, you own stock in the company. And every promotion, I'm always going to make it available through company preferred stock. Most businesses are not going to do that because they don't see the bottom line. They don't see the value in that. I see the entire value in that because if you're successful in my company and you learn everything that you can, you're going to implement that into all your business ventures and everything that you do. And all your business partners are going to follow along. And their business partners are going to support each other. And before you know it, now you have a movement of a million people that help sustain the brand. Even though they're not even buying the product or service. But they've made that emotional connection. They can associate your name and everything that you do with success. And it all starts with allowing everybody that freedom of expression that ability to contribute because everybody does want to contribute. Everybody does want to bring their flavor to the mix. You know, there's a million different McDonald's out there with a million different layouts depending on what market you go to and, and what you frequent, etc., what you like. So if the outside of the structure can be modified, why not the inside? Well, some do have a modified interior decor so why wouldn't i allow the opportunity for example for each manager in each district to be able to determine what campaigns they want to run for marketing and promotion what do they want to implement differently it could be something as simple as okay well my staff can wear shorts it still would have the mcdonald's logo but maybe people can work better, more comfortable. I'll give you another wild card. When I worked at McDonald's, one of my one of my positions was at the drive-thru for breakfast. 
So I will start on the floor, go to the drive-thru, and then go back to the floor. I realize how many people were hurt because they were standing for their eight-hour shift. So I said, you know what? If I ever own a McDonald's, I'm going to have a leather chair. I'm going to build an office in the drive-thru. Little did I know that in the future, all of the registers for McDonald's would be computers. Now you even have touch screens where you could type in your order before you even go to the counter. But now somebody knowing that they can run that register sitting down would allow them to work even better, to build more value into the brand into the products, into the services. Why? Because the ultimate goal is the promised land of milk and honey. It's the customer experience. And I had a different title for today's podcast. But let's leave it at that. Your business belongs to you until the moment where you say open for business. And your ultimate goal should be to create not only the best products, and services and build the best luxury premium brands which is why we're here but you want to create the greatest customer experience this is all the time that we have for today we want to thank you all once again for tuning in to another episode of the vr1 nft podcast i'm your host and this is your home you're always welcome to come here and do what we do May you have a marvelous and wonderful day today. May you conquer everything that's in your path. And may everything that you touch turn into solid gold. Always remember to dream big because dreams come true. It happened to me. And I know for a fact it's going to happen to you. Tune in and we'll see you guys on the next one. I'll be out of my office this weekend until next week. So tune right back in next week. Have an amazing day and thank you once again. God bless.